Hello and welcome to another episode of UK Low Carb on a Tuesday. Now this episode is part of the series that I'm recording with Alex Elbro from Cambridge 105. Each month we make an episode about you are what you eat and of course I have a very particular focus on low carb and keto. In this episode Alex asked me to do a show about the seven countries study which of course is filled with intrigue and interest and it should be because it's influenced our nutritional guidelines ever since and the basis is pretty weak so um, I thought it'd be good to go into. So we discussed that and of course that linked to the cholesterol uh, craze that we've been on ever since and the statin um, revolution that happened after that. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll be back on Friday for another episode of the show. Take care, have a great week. Live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Alex Elbro. This afternoon, we're continuing with our series, We Are What We Eat, and I'm pleased to welcome back Dan Grief. Hi, Dan. How are you? Very well, thank you, Alex. And it's been a long time, wasn't it? Two months since we I asked this? I think it is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about the Seven Countries Study, though, by Ansel Keys. We mentioned it briefly last time we spoke, and we said we'd spend some more time on it today. So what exactly is this study, and what's it all about? Yeah, it is probably the most important study in terms of nutrition to affect the way that we've been eating in the Western world for probably the last 50, 60 years. And it's a very interesting study, and it's called the Seven Country Study. Although there are 16 countries originally in the study, there are only seven countries that evidence was used to make a certain hypothesis, which would already make you start thinking, why did they suddenly drop all these countries and go to under half of them? Now, this is the whole basis of this theory called the diet heart hypothesis, which was put together by a very enthusiastic individual called Ansel Keys. He's somebody who's known as very charismatic. He was described as a bully by his friends, but he is responsible for this diet heart hypothesis, which has actually led to the dietary guidelines and advice that we have today. So I think it's very important to go back to the very beginning of all these guidelines and try to wonder and work out how and what was the methodology behind the evidence gathering to say that this is the right approach for us. Now, the diet heart hypothesis is that saturated fat causes cholesterol or high cholesterol in our bodies and high cholesterol causes heart disease. That's essentially what the hypothesis is. Now, he's still in the University of Minnesota. And when he did his seven countries of study, he decided to look at men in America, Finland, Yugoslavia, as was then, the Netherlands, Italy, Greece, and Japan. And he decided to look at the rates of heart attacks in those populations and to look at the food that those people were eating to try and work out with a link between their nutrition and their heart health. Now, this is a period, I mean, in the 50s, we had, of course, Eisenhower had a heart attack. So people, especially in the science community, were thinking, what is the cause of a heart attack? Is it something that happens with old age and it just will happen to some and not others? Or is it the food we're eating causing this problem? And so that's what he was trying to find out in this study. Now, there are a lot of things we could say about this study, which I'll go into in more detail. But if I just tell you the results of what he found first, I think that's the most important thing. So the first big conclusion he had from the study was that saturated fat intake is correlated to blood cholesterol levels. So the more fat you, you eat, the more saturated fat you eat, the higher cholesterol rate. He also noted that the saturated fat intake is correlated to the incidence of coronary heart disease. So you're more likely to have a heart attack effectively if you take in more saturated fat. And finally, he discovered, or he said he discovered, that high cholesterol correlates to coronary heart disease. So effectively, like I said, the diet high hypothesis is saturated fat and cholesterol equals heart disease. And that's what it all came down to. Now, there are some limitations and some problems with this theory, though. And that's what I find interesting, because before we pick them apart too much, this study is 
is the basis of so much of what we do with regards to the way we eat nowadays. In 1977, the first dietary guidelines were published in the States, and then Britain followed suit soon after. And if you notice, what has happened in the 19, kind of late 70s and early 80s to 90s is that suddenly you've got seed oils being used in lots of our foods and oils being used instead of animal fats. So animal fats we use because they're saturated fats, they're seen as being bad, whereas the polyunsaturated fats are seen as being good, and so we changed to them. We've also had a massive change in terms of not just the types of fats we use, but the amount of fat in our food as well. And if you take the fat out of the food, then generally the food, especially if it's processed, doesn't have such good flavor. It's a bit more like cardboard. And then the way that you try to improve the flavor is to put sugar into the food. So we saw the increase of sugar in the foods replacing the fats. So there were these big changes that have happened. And then what's happened in relationship to that is the rates of heart attacks have gone up, even though these guidelines were put in place to reduce heart attacks. And equally, obesity is now a major problem across the Western world, not just the Western world. Should I say anywhere that eats the Western diet based on these guidelines, they also have the same problems that we have nowadays. So let me just go back to the study and say how it wasn't maybe the best it could be. Firstly, seven countries sounds all very well, but studying a whole country is actually very difficult. And so really, it's no more than 3% of a whole country that was studied. And it was only the parts of the country that Antipokes wanted to find to back up his theory. He also did a process of epidemiology. So he tried to place in a graph the amount of saturated fat and whatever they're eating with their mortality rate and try to work out the correlation between the two. But it is correlation, not causation. So just in the same way, these two things we're going to say now are correlated. There's a correlation between eating ice cream and drowning. If you notice the amount of people who <laughs> eat ice creams and drowning around the beach area in the summer is quite a high correlation. Yellow fingers causes lung cancer because there's a correlation between having yellow fingers and lung cancer. No mention of the smoking as the cause. So causation and correlation are very, very different. In fact, the best one I've heard is the decrease in the amount of margarine eaten, which is obviously another thing come from this study, the decrease in the amount of margarine eaten in Maine in America correlates perfectly with the divorce rate. So you're more <laughs> likely to get a divorce if you don't eat margarine or if you do, I can't remember which way round it is. So correlation is not the same as causation. And this is what epidemiology can do. It never should be used as a one-off study in its own right to say, this is the cause of that. And actually, nobody, I think, would say at the time that this study was showing the cause of heart disease. But because, and this is a problem, this has become kind of like mythology now. It's so ingrained in the thought process of the scientific community that people believe this and they don't necessarily question it until there have been scientists and, and journalists who have looked into this more recently and said, this isn't right. The other thing that's really interesting, these seven countries, if you imagine they're plotted on a graph, they roughly follow this nice curve to show that the more fat you eat, the higher the chance of heart attack, the less fat you eat, the lower the chance of heart attack. What you didn't realise, people didn't realise more recently, is there's 16 countries he just got rid of all the ones that didn't fit the pattern. So by doing that, you're hand-picking the results of these little places in a country, and then you're using it as a whole country, and it's only men that were studied as well. So you're already limiting the data where it's all coming from. And so in the BMJ a few years ago, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick actually questioned about the cholesterol levels by doing a literature review of all the different studies of cholesterol. So we looked at, you know, we hear about good and bad cholesterol, and they actually looked at the data out there to show that in actual fact, people with higher bad cholesterol actually had lived longer lives just by looking at the data. So the assumption is we need statins. The assumption is we've got to get our cholesterol level down. And people might say to you, but yes, you get cholesterol in the arteries around the heart or whatever. What's going on? Well, the research now shows it's a bit like blaming the fire brigade turning up to the fire. You know, the cholesterol is actually the body's way. This cholesterol, by the way, is essential for the body to function. It creates the hormones like estrogen and testosterone. It's part of our brain health. It's part of all sorts of our healthy functioning of our bodies. And when we're in a situation where we have 
inflammation, cholesterol will turn up there and it will be there so that it can actually heal that part of the body. And so that's why the cholesterol turns up. So this is exactly why we've got this cholesterol and it's been demonized for so long, meaning that people are reducing their cholesterol levels, meaning there's other health problems because of this reduction in cholesterol levels. And at the same time, We've got people on statin drugs trying to reduce their cholesterol, which has been shown time and time again, has minimal effect, if any, only if you had a heart attack previously. So that's the seven country study in a nutshell. I've got a bit more to say on that, but Alex... So is there research now saying that we shouldn't really be taking this in? Because we all say, oh, you know, you want a low fat diet and we say low fat and then it's full of sugar. And I was really interested what you're saying there about the obesity levels have risen since this and also more the rate of heart attacks risen. So are people now sort of shouting this aloud that we need to change the way this is being taken as the thing we should be doing? Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. I mean, people are understandably confused and also fed up because you get one set of advice and then the next generation gets told something completely different on its head. I don't know if you've seen the Time magazine piece in the 80s and again in about 2015 or so, where they said cholesterol bad and then they brought out another one saying butter's now and cholesterol's good. So it has changed massively. But the fact is, if you just go back in time, in terms of like, if we just try and make a day, the whole of human history, the last 10 minutes we've had seed oils or so in our diets. And in that time, we've had an increase of things like heart attacks. About an hour ago, we started having wheat in our diets and and all these refined carbohydrates and other carbs as well, we just didn't have previously. And we've got the health problems. But this study says eat more of those things. It's just bizarre. Now, the motivation behind it is interesting. I personally think that Ansel Keys had his own agenda and very much is based around his ego. But I'm saying that at the moment, why is this advice still being given? Is because there's a huge number of vested interests. And the food industry has a massive amount of vested interests who will always fight for their corner to make sure their profits don't get hit. So I think what's going to happen in the next few years, this BMJ article is very interesting, and it was actually looking at how cholesterol has been demonized. And I think we're going to see the next few years, people now changing their minds on this stuff. And hopefully not having to depend on certain drugs if in actual fact they needed the cholesterol there in the first place. That's so interesting. Isn't that interesting how one study like that can skew basically everything of our thinking for for decades really? So let's hope that we're beginning to see the other positive side of this now and we'll see some of these things reversing. Thanks very much, Dan. Yeah, cheers, Alex. Stay healthy and I'll see you in May.